0: Love Talk Radio. Take a piece of America back. It's called truth. It's called truth. It's called truth. We the last of the vintage flow as we carry it on our shoulders I keep my friends close to them devils a lie closer When the freedom riders approach them they appetizers for vultures Soldiers of fortune and never no match cause soldiers of culture My flow is so fucking honest You said you wanted to hear it You blind cause all you wanted was for me to lift up the spirit Your truth is too fucking ugly and trust me the shit got layers You touch me you think you're tough leave it's truthless rugby players I'm poofy, you're Disgusting and true saviors it. removed with the gang. Cause you niggas sweeter than fruit flavors The boost slayer proving it's shooter to hide from it you misguided as missiles or a suicide bombers taking orders from the mullah, waiting for karma to pull up they don't, no bullets, the stones. No match for bullets, just rally ratchets and bullets. Got a race in the mean a lie like the chase on the with a cop car, like honor and being a martyr and a terrorist this is rock star. Dodging the Abu Dhabi, you dodging the paparazzi. Still probably as popular as Swastikas to Nazis. The cops protect the property properly when they crack a head. Murderers get as cocky as Perseus when they crack a death. I wonder what we're running through these cracking heads and why niggas are spilling more blood than Cincinnati caps with black. And I take an active set, go back to bed, allergic to the fumes, having a funeral for the news cause the fact death dead. Trust is gone from the neocons to Barack Obama, America eating young from Casey Anthony to the fixing well, Fix it and mix it up like martial arts in the octagon, a fire to burn down Babylon. Take a piece of America back, back. You're a millionaire, it's called it's called Truth. You
1: Death by suicide bomb, Protestants, Bibles, or Quran, or Islam. From Genghis Khan to Vietnam, I could smell the napalm. Rape victims, rip stockings, redneck clan members doing church bombings. Innocent fetuses being aborted with no options. Humans, government ruining them. Worrying what weapons could be used to be nuking them. Jesus was crucified in Jerusalem. Slaves treated like property to Pearl Harbor, to Hiroshima, to Nagasaki. Adolf Hitler to every murderous Nazi, to the Gambinos, to the Gaddis, to every mafia atrocity. Child pornography, babies starving, to dying, to poverty. Serbians fighting in Yugoslavia, Muslim women being raped, up to 40,000 in the born Bosnia, the 50 million killed in the Second World War, the government poisoning the minds and the bodies of the babies that are born poor, airplanes blown up by Islamic extremists and religion, there's always drama whether worshiping the Prophet, the Muhammad, of Jesus, smallpox and Napoleon, troops dying from typhus, from the Spanish flu to the black flag, to it's the AIDS virus, bodies in coffins, political extortions, racist mobs murdering, Willie Turks, Michael Griffiths and Yusuf Hawkins, check the murderators, the human nature, the murder and hate, the Catholic Church claim women. Witches burn the predators attacking. for used by Gandhi's assassin. 60 bullets and Malcolm. It happened town Manhattan. A homicide, Reagan 80s epidemic. A crack and soldiers in action dying in Iraq and never coming back. And the less take a piece of America. You will learn. called
0: trove. It's It's called 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 it's
2: called. It's right, yo, It's called. 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 It's 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 Doing things a little differently. Um, I normally go on actual Friday night. This is uh, my dude anti's Friday night. He was nice enough to uh, let me borrow this account one time. He is uh, actually uh, here with us. But uh, we were talking about monologues, and uh, I told him I had a pretty silly story, and he's like, why don't you fire this shit the fuck off? So I guess we're going to lead off with that. Um, Before I say anything else, I want to say cheers to everybody out there. Um, just because it's not the actual weekend doesn't mean we can't treat it like one. It is for Annie. This is Friday night, so you never know how much uh, trouble he may get in. But I've actually got a client coming at 9 a.m. to pick up some stuff and hopefully have a check for me. So I got to watch my act a little more than I normally do. I'm in a good mood, though, so you never know. This shit could go anyway. So cheers, son. Here's the good times on a Monday night. Um, done, Gotta be Friday. We can have good times any night of the damn week. That's how we roll. Yeah, that shit's delicious. Alright, so let me tell you a little story about this chick I used to know. Um, I'm gonna drop her name, because I have no idea where in the world she is now. I won't drop her last name or anything, but her first name was Ash. Um, we met originally at a Hunk rock show. I was like probably nineteen. I'd already ran away from home at that point and uh secured a pad so I was kinda living uh by myself, um delivering pizzas, paying my way through school, doing what a lot of nineteen year olds don't fucking do, but that's what I was fucking doing. I think she was like a year younger than I was, but uh She had some kind of gig. I think she was doing some kind of customer service over the phone crap, basically getting chewed out by people for like $10 an hour, but it was fine with her at the time. So, we met at this fucking punk show. I lived uh, in an area of Louisville called the Highlands, which was kind of this artsy farts neighborhood with a lot of, like, all-ages clubs and bars and shit. Obviously, I wasn't going to bars. I was 19, but maybe I was also going to bars. So that shit was going down, and, uh, yeah, ran right into this chick. She's a real tight girl, really, really smart, came from a really humble background in the South End, which is not, uh, the most affluent area of Louisville, so, like, she didn't really have big expectations in life, but, um, she was happy to meet me, and we started fucking hanging out. She ended up getting enough cash together to rent this house, like, um... Uh, Probably about three blocks from where I lived in this really nice neighborhood, which may have been over her uh $10 an hour budget head, but uh she did it. She had a roomie. It was real cool. The roomie was real into drugs, so they started doing a lot of drugs together, and it uh turned into a fucking madhouse. And when I say drugs, I'm definitely not talking about pot. Cause I was smoking a lot of fucking pot at the time. Like, I got uncomfortable at the South sometimes with the amount of cocaine and meth and whatnot that were fucking running around it, but it is what it is. I was kind of relinked to the neighborhood. She didn't really know anybody down there other than a roomie, and they were both just kind of lost and confused and 18 or 19 and living on their own for the first fucking time and didn't know how any of that shit went. So, like, I kind of kept an eye out for them and introduced them to some people and this, that, and the other thing because it was my neighborhood to them as much as it was their neighborhood. It was not necessarily my neighborhood to uh, the streets as it was in their mind, but it is what it is. So this shit went on, and um to make a long story short, me and this girl did used to mess around a little bit here and there. I was real careful. I had a lot of fucking shit going on, and... um it was kind of the middle of a split with somebody that I really liked that I dated for, like, a long motherfucking time. But we were kind of uh, on the fringe. So it was like, well, fuck it. I guess this is my chance to fucking play. So uh, I played with this girl, and it was all good. And uh, shit was pretty chill. Nothing really became of it. She signed up for the fucking Navy. Um She actually was some kind of weather fucking professional. Like, she'd go out on, like, these fucking huge fucking, like, aircraft carriers and shit and give, like, weather reports to the fucking captain. Like, this is what she did professionally in the fucking Navy. But right before she left the Ville, she got fucking knocked up. And, um, I figured she knew who did it. And, like, they had some shit fucking figured out. Like, we'd, like, Facebook back and forth and whatnot. Apparently, she did not have any shit figured out, and I did not find this out for quite some time. So she floated around on a ship and gave, like, fucking weather reports for several fucking years. Um, When she finished her uh, first four years, I don't know what you call that. I mean, I don't really want to call it employment, but she finished a four-year contract. And just kind of decided she wanted to figure some shit out. Um, Her kid was around about four at that point. Her kid was fucking rowdy. I fucking loved her kid. But she came back to the Ville, and I didn't really know why. I figured she just wanted to be, like, closer to family and shit and, like, catch up. She rented this apartment out in Old Louisville, which is right next to the university, so typical college town kind of spot it's a very interesting neighborhood it's one of the most diverse in louisville because if you're trying to catch a bus from one side of the city to the other side of the city you always got to transfer in louisville so everybody from the east end going to the west end everybody from the west end going to the east end north side south side what the fuck ever if you're going across the city you got to transfer in the louisville so like The plethora of the city is just wandering around Old Louisville on top of college kids who are kind of rowdy to begin with anyway. So got this crazy social situation in Old Louisville. As a sailor, it made her uncomfortable, which is weird. I thought nothing made military kids uncomfortable, but apparently this situation made her uncomfortable. But she hit me up online one day, like, hey, why don't you come over and we'll fucking party, like, Netflix and chill or whatever. Like, let's just fucking kick it. And I'm like, okay. So I came over. It was straight, dude. she's like, so much more straight-laced than I remember her being. I, when she said, I want to party, I figured it was going to be, like, cocaine and craziness, like it was at her house when she had one. But it wasn't like that at all. Like, there's four year old there who was asleep the majority of the time and she's like my neighbor upstairs is a fucking bitch so like that's gonna make things weird and we had to keep it pretty civil but like is what it is. It kinda felt like old times it was really nice to talk to her. She's fucking incredibly intelligent. Like she blew me away with fucking intellect but um She kind of dropped the question, like, is there any way that you could be this baby's fucking daddy? And I'm like, I'll take a fucking test if you want to. Like, we did fuck around quite a few times, but, like, I always fucking wrap that shit up and, like, that kid does not look anything like me or, like, have any of my mannerisms or anything, like, it'd be very weird to me if that was my kid, but apparently she has no idea who the father of her fucking baby was, and she came back to the village to try to hunt down her fucking baby daddy, which... Is an obscure thing to do, and apparently my name was on the list. I don't like my name being on that list very often. She didn't make it awkward, and she didn't end up asking me the fucking test, but she didn't end up eventually finding out who her baby daddy is, so good for her, and I'm off the hook. But, uh, yeah, that's always stressful, regardless of how sure you are, that it's a definite no, that uh, there's a 1% chance that it maybe could be a yes. So, uh, And it's weird that it was four years fucking later and she just disappeared off the face of the earth to, like, give weather reports on a fucking aircraft carrier and uh, came back and decided to drop all this on me. But that's pretty much how it went. Um, Yeah, I feel like I've blown 12 minutes on this tale. I feel like that's enough. I feel like I should let Antichrist on his own fucking show. But uh, if he needed some time to get fucking situated, I definitely bought it for him. 12 minutes is about all I got. So, uh, with no further ado, here's my dude. I know he's in a rowdy mood because it's his fucking Friday. And uh, we're about to have some fun on this show this evening. So,
3: well, and, and I.
2: I Boom! I just, I just, what up? Hey,
3: how's my audio? Is it good? I had to switch around a little bit. Can you hear me?
2: It's a little shaky. I'm getting a little bit of background noise, but it's not piss poor, right. dude. I've all heard right. worse. So now,
3: all right, let's try this now. That was out on the porch in an audible safety range of the lights, and now we're inside, which is in, in the danger zone. But I'm willing to sacrifice all for the for the sake of the show. <laughs> Now I, uh, I mean, like really, you can, you what I was hearing
2: was probably, like, a little clear. bit of wind, dude. I imagine there's probably a little bit of wind in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, dude, you sound clear as shit right now, so.
3: Yeah, boy, I mean, it's, you know, everything is a, a mixed bag of, of uh, you know, of good and bad, and uh, we have a... a an awesome apartment, and uh, it is on the lake, overlooking the lake, Um, but the wind here is excessive, um, especially uh, uh, during the change of seasons.
2: Um, I know how it goes. I'm from Chicago, and Louisville's pretty fucking windy, too, so I absolutely understand it.
3: I I sometimes find myself at odds with both the wind and the sun, which leaves me feeling a little crestfallen.
2: Because those are
3: powerful forces that you shouldn't really tangle with.
2: No Um, doubt. You're not going to get your way one way or another if you decide to go to war with uh, either the sun or the wind. So you just kind of have to deal with their bullshit and uh, say thank you for not being worse than you actually are.
3: Exactly. And not smoting me. No doubt. Um, so, uh, coach, I I thank you so much. Uh, I know you're in a good mood
2: because uh, uh, I am in a good mood, dude. dude. I don't hit you up every week, like, yo, you want to do some madness on a fucking Monday. Usually, if it happens, it happens the other way around. But
3: yes, exactly. And uh, that's, yes. that is uh, one of the nice things of of uh, like having alternative uh, work schedules, um, where people's Fridays are Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and other people's Fridays are Fridays, Saturdays, you know. Um, Yeah, your Friday
2: is normally my Monday, but my week's all fucked up because of Derby. Like, I normally don't work over the weekend at all, and I work pretty much all weekend. So now that the Derby crowd is back out of town, I can throw two fingers in the air and just, like, text them a pic of my dick and be like, this is why I'm not fucking coming in in the morning if I want to, and uh, they'll kind of have to deal with it, because I saved their ass multiple times over the weekend, so... It's a very um, comfortable position to be in, in life.
3: Sorry, go ahead. I was going in and out again, but it is a very comfortable position to be in.
2: No doubt. I can do whatever the fuck I want, at least for a couple of fucking days, so... I made them so much money over the fucking weekend that they're just going to have to get over it. And
3: how did that, uh, and again, like much credit to the agency radio, uh, Friday nights at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern or or 11 p.m. Eastern sometimes.
2: Um, Yeah, it's pretty rare that I pull that, but... Pretty much exclusively when people offer me free filet mignon, like, that's the one time I'll be like, you know what, I'll cut my show back an hour because I'm not going to skip out on that fucking good-ass fucking steak you want to feed me for free, so. I can be bought, don't get me wrong, like, I'm a hard person to fucking buy, but that's the kind of currency that speaks to me, so.
3: The carcass, the blood, I want the blood. No doubt. Absolutely, and, and, but also like your show must have must have put a little bit of a of a special spin on your uh, Kentucky Derby weekend because your reading of uh, of, a, of a of a of an epic tale of the Kentucky Derby it kind of it kicked it off. So I feel like that's like sort of an incantation uh, to the horses. And can uh, I tell you, Guess I haven't paid that much. At, I haven't paid that much attention to the Kentucky Derby in a long time, and I was genuinely concerned about that one-eyed horse patch when I saw the condition of the track. It was slickery out there.
2: Uh, 14th is the new first is all I'm saying. Like, a lot of people don't realize that he should have been wearing a garland of roses after uh, the performance that he put up, but... uh, I really don't feel like anybody did better than Old Patch. Like, that was the most impressive horse in the field to me still, so I couldn't have wished for a better outcome, in all fairness.
3: Look, if that was Bruce Jenner out there in the field and he (laughs) is coming 14th in his present state, people would have been lauding him.
4: Oh, absolutely.
3: Hoisting Hoisting him on the shoulders of the rainbow everywhere.
2: Had he come in first by the traditional rules, it would have felt really fucking awkward. But 14th seems like just like the right window, you know, like he didn't put himself in danger. He didn't ruin this fantastic story, you know, that is uh, Caitlyn Jenner and or Patch, if that's the analogy you want to make. So I mean uh, he let the legacy continue to live another day. I hope he's in the fucking Belmont. I can't fucking wait for that.
3: I you know, I mean watching horses run on that track, like especially, you know, what? that's a mile and a quarter they run or a mile in the Kentucky. Bay. Yeah, they
2: run a mile and a quarter. In a ten, ten furlongs. A,
3: yeah, if ten you want to talk
2: horse racing, yeah.
3: I'm not scared of a furlong and I'm not scared of It's an eighth a, of a mile, uh, that's all it is. But what about what fathom? I'm not scared of a fathom either. I'm not even scared of <laughs> a heck baker. You know, if you're going to see point no, fathoms no. under the sea, I'm not scared of a fathom. I'll fathom. I'll go down fathoms. But the point being that to see animals of such beauty, uh, you know, like muscular perfection run on a slick track like that for that long, it's a little, it's a little nerve-wracking. Like How do you feel about the, the Derby uh,
2: Hat Phenomena? I hate it. I'm gonna just be honest. I just don't think well, we talked you know about what? this very much.
3: No, we didn't. And and but yeah. again, like you, the, that show put the Derby in in my awareness, and then so the next day in Madison, Wisconsin, of all fucking places, like there's any horses here? They're all cows, right? Yeah. Uh, right. There's derby parties, you know. So there's people walking around in hats and stuff. I'm just not a big fan of the big dramatic hat. First of all, you could be as thin as a waist, and a big brimmed hat, if you're abroad, it makes you look fat. I'm just gonna say that. It makes <laughs> you look like a death. You know? Just leave it like, all
2: out there,
3: dude. I mean, it does. It makes hey, you look funky. Hey, really I
2: yeah. don't disagree. I'll tell you that.
3: And, and I think it, I it, feel like it, one uh,
2: thing in old times, the hat makes you look is old.
3: Exactly.
4: Like, I'm
2: sorry. If you're 22 and you're wearing a hat from the 1840s, you look at least 40 and just like desperate and fucking depressed with what's going on in your life.
3: I I couldn't agree more. And and another way to say old is fat so we basically are on... <laughs> exactly, exactly I never really 100%.
2: necessarily thought they were synonymous, but we'll roll with it.
3: It's we'll roll with it. It makes them synonymous. It's the hat that connects. All right,
2: them. well, I can't argue then, with that. Um,
3: but uh, nonetheless, so, uh, you know, and as said on that on that evening of your show, like, man, I've revisited a little bit of Hunter S. Thompson, and to be on us more on the YouTube um, than uh, in written form. Nothing uh, wrong with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of new documentary or new-ish documentaries out on him uh, um, that are one that covers his, uh, his uh, um, what would you call that? His tenure of uh, being the sheriff of Vast in Colorado, which is pretty phenomenal.
2: Right. He actually just um, ran. He didn't win. But uh, his campaign was covered in an epic fashion. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of really good stories that come out of that.
3: Yeah. like And so counter-political, counter counter-culture, um, which I'm sure he would kick me in the testicles for saying, but it, it was, like, perfectly.
2: So. Right. All right. There's some and, video uh, out there. He went on uh, the Conan O'Brien show one time. He didn't actually go in studio. He refused to go on Conan. Unless Conan met him at an isolated farm in upstate New York to uh, drink hard liquor and shoot guns. And I'm not talking, like, fucking pistols. Like, these motherfuckers were running around with, like, assault fucking rifles and whatnot. Like, it was some crazy fucking shit. And Hunter O'Brien's a fucking pussy. Like, he was not fucking prepared for this he's funny don't get me wrong but he's not the guy I'd put an assault rifle in the hands of on uh, many occasions but if you ever get a chance to fucking look that up I highly suggest it because it's fucking hysterical and Hunter was like 65 at the time he was on his way fucking out but you could tell he wasn't fucking done with life yet like he was having a real good time and making a prime time talk show do that and then Air it on public fucking television is uh, pretty lousy to me. So,
3: yeah, I think um, I I have seen that. You know, you don't hand a ginger a gun, especially of that caliber. Maybe you right. know, maybe a de- maybe a derringer, uh, or a .22. Um, but that's why that that's why Doctor Thompson is forever. will ever be emblazoned in the the highest uh, echelons of uh, like uh, counterculture, experimental living and fucking firearms, journalism, and lifestyle because uh, he went hard until the end, you know?
2: No doubt. Um, So So I had to make a derby hat, right? Like, going back to the derby hat fucking thing.
3: What do you mean you had to make one?
2: Like, I was, uh, pretty much, I actually bought a hat that said Kentucky Derby, like a baseball hat, and pretty much just mounted, like, I ran over a rose with my car, which is, like, totally fucked up a rose because of the garland of roses, and, like, taped a bunch of, like, just absolutely fucking dilapidated rose pieces on it, and, like, took some mint and fucking set it on fire and like put it through the fucking hell hole, which made this hat sound or smell fucking amazing, dude. My Kentucky Derby hat was fucking top notch, dude. Just like wrinkled up a bunch of bourbon labels and threw it on the fucking back. And I decided I was going to make the Kentucky Derby hangover hat. Like I wanted to make a piece of physical art, that describes, you know, the headache you have the day after the Kentucky Derby if you go fucking hard in the fucking infield. So I made this Kentucky Derby hangover hat. I actually um, periscoped the process of uh, attaching a lot of this shit. I dropped it last night. It's the most profane thing. Like, it's way more profane than my show could ever be. Like, it is just a spring of F-bombs that is unbelievable. But it was really fun. I will say, I was stone cold sober when I did it. Like it's the most sober fun that I've had in a while. Making this hat that involved running over a rose with my car and whatnot. Like it was absolute chaos. It was totally fun. So, Coach, your
3: breadth of skill set never ceases to amaze me. You're talking about <laughs> you made a you made a faux so crushed rose to adorn your
2: duct tape Kentucky Derby hat. pretty much that's pretty much how this shit went I darned a hat once for like and I periscoped the entire process of doing this entire thing so anybody
3: you you know I'm going to check that out like after we get off the air
2: and my periscope's the same as my twitter coach bourbon usa anyone's welcome to go fucking check it out it's pretty silly as long as uh, you've got headphones on if there's kids around because I drop the f-bomb every three seconds
3: Was it a difficult process? Is this why you were, you were, uh, you were cursing?
2: No, I absolutely wrong it. I just curse. Cause that's really how I curse in real life. Like if you work with me, like that's just really how I am. Like I, the reason I don't curse more on my show is I get so drunk. Like I have a hard time, like remembering the word fuck sometimes. And I feel like I should overcompensate for my drunkenness by, like, trying to use an SET word here and there, whereas when I'm just surrounded by a bunch of fucking morons who piss me off, I like to set the precedent, like, don't say anything fucking stupid around me, because I will roast the shit out of you. And one of the best ways to do that is just to let people know you're willing and uh, able to cuss with the best of them at every turn of the gate, so...
3: It, it's funny you bring that up because this is actually a big, uh, a, like a big source of tension uh, growing up between uh, my parents and I, because I curse like a sailor. The right. worst word, the worst, I had literally had my wa- my mouth washed out with soap. Uh, I was taking a shit and
2: I was I like I love the taste of soap. I will say yeah. this. I feel like this is part of why I'm so profane, like, this was how my mom would punish me for fucking cussing, and I would cuss even more because I wanted to eat more soap. And it's like they weren't cool with me eating soap just to eat soap. Like I had to drop the F-bomb to eat some fucking soap. So I just dropped the F-bomb just to eat some fucking soap. Like my mom would put a slice of pizza in front of me, and I'd be like, fuck this pizza. And she'd be like, all right, fuck that pizza. You're eating soap. I'd be like, dope. I'd rather have soap anyway, so let's go. Soap in a rope is dope. No doubt. But, you know, so
3: my sister came in the bathroom and turned the light off on me while I was taking a shit when I was like seven or eight years old. And, <laughs> That's amazing. You know, it was completely dark. I couldn't see anything. Couldn't find the toilet right. paper. And so I was like, finally, like, turn the fucking light on for a fuck you, fuck. And yeah, my dad right. comes in, washes my mouth. I was so the worst word I ever heard him say in my entire life was "darn." Or no, no no damn, damn, while he was playing yeah. an Atari game an Atari game. And uh never heard him say anything Crazy. worse than that. Same with my mom. And uh but I mean my know. dad ran a
2: metal fabrication shop and hung out with a lot of fucking welders, so yeah, he dropped the F bomb pretty regularly and Yes. I don't and, know. And, Mom and really didn't terribly often, but I mean, my dad was an engineer. Like he was the sophisticated guy in this metal fab shop, but he still hung out with a bunch of fucking welders. Like he couldn't even shoot the shit with them unless he dropped the F bomb just to make sure they were paying attention every once in a while. So that's just what right. you got to do. It.
3: And 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 this is a this is a completely realistic part of our our sense of self self-expression right and right and so i used to start cursing like a sailor when i was like 11 and just you know at that point my dad was done fucking washing my mouth out with soap and it was just kind of it was one of those things where like my mom and dad were like there's bigger fish, fish to fry than hit cursing. and yeah. uh and so my my dad you know when i would, when i got old enough to to, you know what, like what's the problem with cursing you know like at fifteen or sixteen like I don't understand like you know you're the only person I I know who doesn't curse. Um, he said well, it's a it's a sign of unintel it's a sign of unintelligence um, that you can't find the right words to articulate yourself so you use. These you know these kind of bottom of the barrel descriptors like you know what I don't really think that's 100 percent true like that doesn't what it's, right. it's that's not what it feels like to me it feels like I'm emoting pretty well when I yell fuck you you motherfucking fuck and, <laughs>
2: uh, and so you, you just know, gotta that, throw that, some SAT shit in there in between them and you're fine. <laughs> Right. And so this argument, people say this argument, talking to yourself is a sign of unintelligence like there's a lot of studies out there that uh, the most intelligent people tend to talk to themselves more than anyone else for whatever reason and I talk to yeah, myself the whole, fucking constantly like I'm just yeah, constantly I, I, giving myself reminders of what I'm trying to do like if I'm not thinking out loud then I'm not processing what's going through in my mind Particularly hey, in a gonna, work scenario, it's different at home. But like, if you want me to do ten things at fucking once, like I gotta give myself vocal reminders.
3: Well, and I, I, that's a great point because I think that's a trick of the uh, of yeah. culture we live in. You know that where you where it it dissuades you from getting your thoughts organized and and uh, you know a kind of a process set up to tackle them because they've. Fooled, normal people into thinking that talking to yourself in a narrative, whether it be out loud or in your own head, is a sign of madness, you know, which couldn't be further from the truth. Like, what is thinking? What is thinking but an inner narrative, you know, but a a dialogue with you and another part of your consciousness or you and your subconsciousness? You know, yeah. like that is that's an incredibly fucking insidious trick that that the powers that be have played on us to make it so people ignore their own inner dialogue and instead go you know, with with what's told us. You know, and what's There told us. are a lot
2: of times that I think it's important for other people to know what I'm thinking, but like I don't necessarily feel the need to go out of my way to like address one person. You know, like. Fuck it, I'm not talking to you, per se, you know, like, don't feed your ego with that, I'm just, like, being operational, and we all have to work together here, so, I'm just kind of talking, like, this is what's going through my head, and I just feel like everyone should fucking hear this, and respond fucking accordingly, so... I don't expect a fucking dialogue here. You don't have to fucking answer. Like, I'm just kind of fucking talking, but I'm giving you information that is fucking useful. So, like, you should listen and process it and, like, plan your next moves accordingly because that's what's going on. I'm just kind of, like, a tornado whirlwind that's floating through this that's, like, passing you usefulness, and uh, if you're not catching it, then we're all going to fuck this up. So...
3: I feel like in another life you were a chef.
2: <laughs> I'm a bar chef, dude. I'm yeah. i fucking fucking matrix for a living, dude. Like you're a, a, lead, lead, dude, you're a like, leader of men.
3: You're a leader of yeah. people. Like if 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 you're leading a charge, you expect you you articulate things out loud. You expect people to to uh, you know, in the context, follow along with what you're saying right. and be like the, being on that wavelength as well. You know where. I don't have
2: time to one-on-one with everybody. Like, I run around behind a bar, and I'm like, this is what the fuck's up. I hope everyone's listening at fucking once, because I do not have time to say this ten fucking times over. So, this is what's up. I don't mean to be, like, badass authoritarian, you know, commander, but this is what you fuckers need right now, and we've got some important shit we gotta pump out real quick, so...
3: And I'm pretty sure that people get the fact that you're not, like, a a tyrant. Like, that's just the easiest way to get things done is sort of open source. Hey, I'm saying it. Listen.
2: Oh, there are people who do, but they need to be tyranted, so. It is uh, what it is. I feel like that's kind of a reflective thing. Like, if you think I'm a tyrant, then that's probably what you fucking need in your life. And... Uh, there's two ways this could go. I can either tyrant you or I can fucking kick your ass to the fucking curb. Which would you prefer? Cause you can hate me. I don't give a shit, but I ain't got time, you know, to try to fucking baby you into getting where we fucking need to be. So.
3: Yeah. I, I, I need more of that quality. See, sometimes my, my, my anarchism interferes with my, uh, with my uh, ability to lead, because right. um, I, I like to give people enough rope to hang themselves with, if if, if that's what they're going to do inevitably, and sometimes right. that can be counter, counterproductive to the whole uh, to the whole uh, operation. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, I guess that's part of my troll side. All right, so I'm thinking about um, talking a little bit. I saw Amy Goodman. Um, Speak uh, and up, I'm pretty sure you know who who Amy Goodman is. Um, yeah. She yeah. And uh, it just happened to come up that there was she was speaking for free in Madison and uh, Deb and I went and checked it out and uh, i was thinking about maybe going to a song and then coming back and uh, and talking about that a little bit, which includes. Is that what you want
2: to do? Cause I was gonna walk outside without going to a song, but if you want to go to a song, let's go to a song, and I'll step outside for a minute, and then we'll pick this up in four or five minutes.
3: Yeah, that's perfect. Let's go to a song, and then we'll. Pick All pick right, this is your then. board,
2: not mine. So you got one of mine. There's,
3: there's not a whole not, lot on
2: here, but.
3: No, there's not a ton. There's not a ton. Um, but uh, no, nah, just 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 pick one. I'm very know. curious
2: what this RL Vince thing is. Is it awful?
3: No, it's uh, it's it's Russell Lee picking on Vince, um, and it's pretty funny, but I think it's like 10 minutes, so if you play it. Uh,
4: it's you
2: know, five. Come,
3: when you come back, yeah. It's five? Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty good.
2: All right. So that would be it's a good a... five-minute distraction, and we'll take it up from there.
3: <laughs> it's like from 2013 or 2012, yeah.
2: Perfect. All right. A, a I'm great, doing that. Great. Um, I will talk to you here in about five minutes, and I'll uh, wait the story you've got for us. Word, brother.
5: Move. Oh my god! He's yeah, unmuted. Right. Holy shit! He's unmuted. How the fuck did you do that, dude?
6: Sounds like day bro.
5: Holy shit! Oh, I wish I were. I screen capped that. That was fucking badass,
6: dude. That's called yeah. leak, bro. Oh you my god. hacked your system. Wow. wow. are you a wizard? Yes, I am. That's right.
7: Do you own a pterodactyl? Yes. do you speak via carrier pigeon and smoke signal? <laughs> <Yeah>,
6: absolutely. <laughs> uh
7: you know, despite all your posturing, I've yet to see you rape one bitch. Not even one. I think there would have been like pictures on Twitter by now.
6: Why would somebody Are you sure? post pictures of them committing a crime? Uh, okay. That's the dumbest mm-hmm. thing I've ever heard. Well, I like I, oh, can't man, I just killed someone. Here's the picks. Actually, that's untrue. <laughs> uh, niggers are very famous for doing that.
4: Fuck you.
7: Hey. Nigger. You're the worst troll ever. <sighs> Jesus Christ. You think swearing is going to upset people? It's kind of funny. It's like uh, the puppy that keeps
0: barking and pissing what? on. The juice. What? What?
5: Ugly. Oh, I see that de- eh? uh, big, big ups to Debbie Daly here. in my chat room Debbie, Hey, can you guys uh, keep it down for a second? We've got three minutes to go uh, Big ups to uh, Debbie Daly in the building Call in, in the building. faggots You've got to get that in There's
6: three minutes You've got to tell them they've got to call in before you do oh, you gotta, yeah.
5: Roll. If you want to um, uh, Continue uh, Listening to this cavalcade of mediocrity it's uh, only going to happen if you call this number in the la- in the next three minutes and uh, get on the overtime call. It's uh, east, east of the Rockies, it's 347-826-7667. West of the Rockies, it's 347-826-7667. So if, uh, if you want to get in on this, you got to get in now. We have an- another caller on the line now. Go ahead, caller. You just called in. Who's this? Hey,
7: buddy. You got but yeah, I got Johnny? you, dude.
5: What's up? Yeah, I got you, dude. What's up?
6: Hey! I'm, uh, is, hey! Debbie Daly. Debbie
4: oh, Daly. Yeah, That's not me, man. That's not go me, man. Hello. I'm Hi. you be
7: be there.
4: There. you there?
7: there. Hello. Dude, are you Oh, Fucking handy for Fuck's sake.
5: It's not me,
6: it's you, not fucking not me you fucking
7: faggot. Somebody's got a so nasty me. echo. You you know, know. The muffin man, the muffin man, do hey, do the muffin man. Maybe do do you know
5: Major, major. Is it
7: John?
5: 25, 20 call it call No idea.
7: Thanks for that. say was no, no,
6: no, I was got to
4: <laughs> oh. <Wow. Ooh>.
6: <laughs>
2: now I'm ready for a story. That got me fucking ready to go for sure.
3: oh dude. What
2: what 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 great
3: trolling dude that was also well worth the shooting. I would love to know who the who the female in that was. The one sticking. Probably up ass No, I I don't think it was, though, but that was classic, dude. I think, like, in, like, literally, like, 10 seconds, uh, the schmoop, like, starts going off, and you can't shut it off. Ah, the good old days. I do tend towards nostalgia sometimes, Coach. Um, All right, so let's go. that's
2: about when I met all of you guys, in all fairness. I actually remember that, but, yeah. It's about when I ran into this entire circle of random fucking internet.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm there are. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, run, running into those guys, like the old school guys, they, complete, they definitely completely changed my, my sort of view on, on humor and how to affect change um, uh, without looking like a fucking jerk. Right. Um, you know, um, in, a, in a sort of more fairly. style. They helped like, me be
2: comfortable up. looking like a fucking jerk. I will say that. That's one thing they fucking did for me.
3: That is beautifully articulated. Hold on one second. I'll be right All
2: right. So, uh, this is Third Rail. I don't particularly consider it Third Rail. This is Danny and Barb's having a fucking Monday night, but no yeah, worries.
3: This, this is a, this is an open-source uh, agency, Third Rail Radio, still
2: a revolution radio joint
3: uh, show. i just grab my smoke. But, uh, right. And then if, if I get too serious and we need to go back to something a little more lighthearted, please feel free to... Dude, uh, I want to know
2: what's on your mind. You mentioned yep. earlier... Alright, well I, you know, I saw uh, Amy Goodman speak
3: on uh, on Saturday and uh Right. Um you know Saturday show but, is
2: weird, I barely remember any of it,
3: honestly. Um no no, I, I mean in in person. Like she has a new book uh that she released called Democracy Now. Amy Goodman from oh, okay. Democracy Now. Gotcha. So we're switching gears a little bit here to some, uh, uh, some sort of, um, current event question and answer. And, um, you know, so she has a book that just came out and it's kind of covering her, uh, journey on, uh, Pacifica radio, um, from being a young journalist, uh, to, uh, uh, hosting Democracy Now!, which then, of course, um, Is now kind of, I would, I would argue has taken, uh, the torch, uh, from NPR as sort of the quintessential, um, uh, current events, news coverage, um, network for sort of the neoliberal, um, echo chamber. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that, that, That uh, Amy Goodman is a fucking badass fucking journalist Uh, I think as the as the uh, as the um, the uh, anchor woman for democracy now she's got a little pedantic but she is a badass journalist and what she spoke about mostly was uh, uh, the the, the DAPL pipeline the Enbridge uh, pipeline extending you know from uh, from the, uh, the shale um, fracking zones uh, in British Columbia coming through. Um, I, I mean, I'm, everybody knows what fucking BAPL is. Um, going mm-hmm. down to uh, uh, Louisiana and getting put on a ship, the crude or the uh, frack oil or the brat gas, and then being shipped overseas. And... Um, it, I, I'm going to tell you what struck me and what, what, what strikes me as an imp, as an impetus to uh, to sort of any sort of um, real um, um, profound um, response to uh, the charade that's going on in our country right now um, was right. Like this whole this whole room um you know was sort of a character of, of a nightmare of a, of a Ralph Stedman fucking neoliberal nightmare of ex hippies and uh, you know sort of um, preaching pacifists and uh, you know just I will say, sometimes
2: I wake up in the morning and the world looks to me like a Ralph Stedman fucking picture. So like, I can see where it fucking came from. But at the same time, like, that's not the world that I'd, like, seriously want to have to spend 24 fucking seven in. So, like, it's very useful you know, it's just- in small doses, but... <laughs>
3: I mean, sorry, so you get my point. Like, this room literally looks like a Ralph Sedman uh, character of what we would think of as sort of like uh, a a Grateful Dead parking lot gone inside and attending something Um, that I think to them is basically just an echo chamber and a a reiteration of, uh, you know, the sort of, hey, you know, power and fist in the sky. Uh, movement that, that died really fucking uh, horrible right. in 1970, and I, you know, and I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, so what? Like, okay, and there's cheering and applauding and sort of everybody patting themselves on the back as if like something was accomplished, and um, yeah, you know, it, it, suddenly it pretty me how horrifying this is, you know. Um, I mean, I was within 10 to 15, 18 years the youngest person in the room, except for my wife, um, and who's only two or three months younger than me, and then Owen, who's 26, and my wife forced him to come along. You're so, supposed to
2: lie about just... that,
3: dude.
2: She's 10 years, you're younger, dude. Yeah. Well, it's,
3: I, well, I think it makes me look better if I say, you know, I've kept her this young all the time by, by my acceptable I believe it. ...sexual I'm skills, kidding. but that's not a what What
2: What's that say but, about her sexual skills? <laughs> the years impactable. old as you are. So <laughs>
3: enticing. <They're laughs> hey. But I mean, so the, continue the narrative, like, and then in the little microcosm, like, Culture that we've all created here, you know, in our group DMs and on Twitter and on Feline and whatever, like no, I'm gonna be a start I, on
2: group DMs, but that's a side argument, yeah.
3: That it is, and and okay, then I mean, whatever, you know, just hey, you and me texting, like how sad this was that there was like this sort of nostalgic, you know, collective pat on the back going on, uh, you know. And, and I take into consideration, this is in the light of a journalist who wrote a, you know, a, a seminal piece in her career on 10 years of uh, presenting truth in a very raw um, and direct manner that, that uh, most mainstream outlets, um, you know, couldn't touch. However, um, it's like, okay, so that whole thing up there in North Dakota, like the worst thing that could have possibly happened, happened. Right. Um, the governor ordered an eviction notice, you know, two nights before uh, that eviction notice was served, the hardest core protesters lit, you know, three, four hundred pieces of heavy equipment on fire. They all got caught. They're in jail. Two months later, or two days later, the you know, the fucking North Dakota government, accompanied by the fucking National Guard, bulldozed and burned, you know, what was at this point probably 19 months of resistance built up. And there's nothing that hints at success about any of that. Um, Mm -hmm. So I got a random
2: call. You want to take it? Or do you want to spiel a little more
3: first? Let me just make this one last point because this is where I'm going. Except for... What was born out of all of this, you know, boots on the ground, grassroots resistance has been divestment, divestment in the companies, especially Citibank, uh, Enterbridge, uh, the main companies like, you know, in other areas uh, where sort of the corporate plutocracy obviously strengthened now by Trump has been able to just shut down any uh, Dissent. Um, there's still power in the, in in that neoliberal dollar. So the question I raise is, you know, it, 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 and, and again, if I get too serious, please, you know. Uh, oh, you're you know, fine, we'll, dude.
2: We'll you we'll said pass, not a single like, thing that has even begun to offend me.
3: But so so to 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 try to change um, a situation which or a construct in which I think uh, is acceptable to some of us, however, makes a lot of our friends uh, ill, anxious, um, um, maladjusted, um, like to sort of kind of set some sort of equilibrium. Do you go through divestment, which equals having some fiscal power to begin with, or do you go through Curling Molotov cocktails. All right. So now take calls. All
2: right. We'll take this call. I have a two cents to drop on this, but I'm gonna let this caller in first. So, yo, yo, yo. You're on. I don't even know what the fuck we're doing, radio. Which should literally be the name for this. This is Cat
6: God
2: calling. I just want. All right. Thank God, Cat God decided to to come in.
6: He's in all the group DMs now. He's going to be in all the group threads.
2: Please, God, dude. I want to <laughs> know what you fuckers are masturbating to, because I imagine that's what's in your group DMs. So, Redzilla 2.0, both, bitch. Let's do but this shit. Though. I'm <laughs> blocked by everyone in it, so it doesn't even fucking matter, dude.
3: But it's like yeah, a trend, uh, I guess a trend,
2: I what like I do with yeah, the group DMs because of that. Hey, whatever.
3: Is that just hey, like... I'm
6: probably blocked by everyone
2: in them too, so...
3: So, as we know, Cat God is a, is a big... Uh,
6: well, Fred uh, has He's been a big of a... Uh,
3: representative of the new Black Panthers and the indigenous uh, up in uh, northern uh, northern Ameri- North America and uh, southern of Canada. So I'm I'm Fred wondering Fred Z- has opinion.
6: A... Fred Phillips been converted into more of a prison camp than a group chat. We just get people right. that don't want to be there and just keep blowing up their
3: inbox. It dope. Radio that, okay,
6: well, it whatever. It's, it's
2: not bad for me because I'm blocked radio. by everybody, so like I rarely I'll, get a notification.
6: They can't figure out how to mute the group DM, and they get real pissed
3: off.
2: It's fun. Okay. I
3: how do you feel like about buffaloes? Which one? Water buffaloes or bison I was buffaloes.
2: asking cat god. Oh, I'm sorry. But- What's that? God, how you feel about buffaloes? Like the the cow things. <laughs> yeah, they're large hairy mammals. That's accurate.
3: <laughs> Are they undulates, though?
2: Uh I
6: don't know much about them. I assume they'd be a good source of meat. I drove past a few when I drove through Buffalo one time. They were just I'm not a big fan of burgers, but I will grass. say
2: a buffalo burger beats the shit out of like a cattle burger.
6: Like, it, it was cute. weird. Have you ever seen Buffalo, the city?
3: Uh, the yeah, city? I have. In the city?
6: On the north
2: side? Yeah, my uncle they, was
6: they just fucking,
2: he they did a residency right up there, there for a while.
6: <laughs> no, listen, they have wild buffaloes grazing on the si- highway, next to the highway, mm-hmm. right outside the city.
3: Yep. We need a Na- we need a Native American expert. Where's Nick Nick? Get him on the horn. Because I'm wondering who...
2: I've known a lot of natives over the, the years.
3: Who who eradicated the buffalo? White people or Native Americans? It had to be white people, right?
2: I mean, uh, eradication is probably the wrong word.
3: Because
6: yeah, they're still right. out
2: there. Well, they
6: brought them back. They found one frozen. Well, well I think what happened was that we white people came and we took all the non-buffalo food that the Indians had, and then the Indians were forced to start hunting buffalo because we took all the other food. And the buffalo, they were like, they were like uh, gods to them. They were like, well, it was like force making. It was like making all the Muslims resort to eating pigs.
3: What about us eating horses?
6: We stole them, too.
2: I mean, that's mostly just racks and he's an Australian, so he doesn't even count, in all fairness, dude. Who eats hot dogs, really? Who eats fucking hot dogs? Do you eat hot dogs? I I don't eat hot dogs. I eat. eat. You couldn't pay me to eat a hot dog. I eat international hot dogs.
6: That's not what I'm saying, man. I'm saying that... Them Indians, they, like, worship buffaloes. Like, Muslims worship pigs
2: and goats.
3: But they don't need all the, Indian food, but,
2: like, the Indians food. like, they worship
3: horses, right? Like, the
6: they have to hunt buffaloes. Well, I mean, if you're a tribal elkish.
2: people and there's an animal that will offer you, like, 2,500 pounds of meat at a fucking time, then that's a pretty worshipable thing. So, I can understand yeah, why that's like, a big deal like to them.
6: Their, it was against their law to kill it at first. but then there was nothing left to eat. So, they had to. Right. Uh, then they got all depressed. That's why they're all alcoholics now.
2: So you're, you're a Native fucking American?
3: scholar. Yeah. Are you saying you're Native American? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Wait. I thought I I thought I sent some Native American in you. With your wisdom.
6: Oh, am I a descendant? No.
3: <laughs>
7: I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm God. I'm sorry.
3: you have to be a descendant of something.
6: Are you calling me an
2: alcoholic?
3: He's from Ohio, That's, dude. He's I'm asking a big one. An alcoholic, or fucking alien.
2: auto workers and dudes who make like fucking plate glass windows. That's who Cat got his descendant from. Well,
3: well
6: I never was... met my I never met my dad, but I do know on my mom's side, on her. Dad's side, or no, her mom's side came from Wales. From Wales. Oh, so I got like. What they do in
2: Wales? Play glass windows. Probably, I don't know.
6: (laughs) I think they just make like. I think they make the
2: kind of Wales
3: like like big whales or small whales? Like, an, Are we talking about like orchids, uh, like, orphans? like uh, killer whales, or are we talking about huge what? whales, like the big blue whales? <laughs> it's a good
2: thing I've got whiskey right now. <laughs> Fuckers.
4: Okay.
7: <laughs> <laughs> um, Shit. And and I so clearly I, I, so I, I was
3: getting African too serious as well, And yeah, I, I think exactly. Yeah dude in. we're
2: far from too serious Right now dude We've tipped the other end of the scale
3: Yeah we have What mm-hmm. you guys are being serious? I'm dead serious Oh good I'm dead serious, I'm dead serious about the temperature Being way too high in this apartment <laughs>
6: I'm
3: going <laughs> to turn it down man I'm heading over to the thermostat as we speak.
6: You have the penis. You can touch the thermostat.
3: But I don't know how to program it. That's part of the problem. So I have to fucking just clear it and then set my own my own thing. I could be more subtle because if I did know how to program it, because it's an old thermostat. It used have yeah. a punch card. Uh, you pro- <laughs> you, pro- you just punch the card and then you feed it into the slot and it sets it for like a month, month and a half.
6: Oh, no, no. What you can do is just get Quick Remote on your phone and just say fuck their shit and do it with that. It'll actually work, it. too.
3: You know what the Yeah, that's
2: is? What I do with my girlfriend. It.
3: The greatest thing about our community is the first thing I think when Cat God says that is, okay, this is an app he's designed and it's a Trojan horse. And if I s- install it on my phone, he'll be fucking with my thermostat for two years.
2: Where? Have you fucked uh, with my yeah. girlfriend for two years? No, me. Who, who did? Cat God? No, wait. That would never happen. Wait a second. This is a story. All right. Tell me all about Who's, it. I hate voices. Uh,
3: wait a second. Who's telling the story? I,
2: I mean, I've got a story I could tell if you want to hear a story, but it's going to be non-related to anything that we've been talking about in any way, shape, or form.
3: Give <sighs> me you want to hear a random uh, story? Yes.
2: I did an opening monologue, so that was one story that I've contributed to uh, all of this. But I've got one more that i would kind of been saving just for shits and giggles, just in case. Most uh, of my stories revolve around girls that I fucked around with. So. And if this
3: one involves a child, I'm going to say, as if it does of, not of, of as young, a matter you of fact clearly want to be a father
2: yeah well it, it doesn't okay. it involves two people who are desperately trying not to be childless well, so, would you, wait, it, a, second. wait are, a second are they
6: retarded
3: that sounded like a collaboration of what I just said
2: that's the biggest reason I want to be childless Are we on a page here?
4: Yes, we we all on a level. I'm scared that I might
2: have cat god in life and that petrifies Uh, me.
6: Why would someone want a kid?
2: Uh, Yes, you are a kid. All right, so here's the deal.
6: I said, why would someone want a kid?
2: Uh, Because you are a kid, and they could be you.
6: That's a reason to want a kid.
2: Oh, wait, hold on!
3: I wait. think coaches oh, yeah. coaches talking about empathy, oh. and uh, and so if, so picking up if, with somebody else have so here the, ball. the deal. Wait,
6: wait, anti, 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 wait. Oh, so if I go make a baby, it could become a god.
3: I don't even think coach is talking about making one. I think he's talking about caring for one.
2: I could have a god baby. I a cat god. I want you I think to I try. I have a baby now. I really want you to try. If this please, shows, like, keep a diary, like, check in regularly. We want to know how that goes. We're not sure if you could have a God or not. So, like, we'd really what, like what to know, and we want you to test this theory for us. So, like, point please on. do that. So, so in layman's terms, what we need you to do
3: is start a Google Docs spreadsheet and buy yourself a, a microscope God. at the pawn shop. And start sampling your sperm after you jerk off, and we want sperm counts of every um, discharge that you make into a sock drawer hamper, and we will oh, mount have already as one for of those. Oh, on. Here,
6: let me test it.
3: Well, do, you be back be back do you have the microscope?
6: Do you have the kit? Some. I have the yes, yes, to the I kit.
3: All right, you did Well, I'm, I'm using a telescope, it.
6: but that'll work. <laughs> I'm just going to knock on the wall and aim the telescope against the wall.
3: That should work, right? Okay,
6: that could work, yes.
3: If you scale it right, that could work. So If you get like a mile and a half away, that could work.
2: So, should I tell I... the story? Y-
3: yes, coach, go ahead.
2: Alright. So, uh, I met this girl originally. We were at a Soccer. We were watching a soccer game on TV. It was like a team Ooh. USA fucking soccer game. This girl was really into fucking soccer. Her name was Cass. <laughs> I go out of my way not to drop last name. But her name was fucking Cass. We had like the greatest like six weeks of Wait, relationship wait, 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 wait wait, 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 wait.
6: Did, wait wait wait. Did you just say her name was Cass?
2: This is why you're not allowed to speak. On my show. You mean
6: you mean Cassandra Rules?
2: <laughs> this is why you're not allowed to speak on my show. <laughs> yes, her name was Cassandra Rules. Let's go with that. Alright. So here's the deal. Her name was Cassandra Rules. Um wow. and uh yeah. I, I'm just freaked group? out by the idea of like me actually like hanging out with Cassandra Rules, okay. but I'm the gonna get over that.
3: Confu- this was her name was just C A S S, Cass.
2: Uh, her name's fucking Cass. Okay. Anyway, I met her at this fucking soccer game, and like we chilled out. It was the most awkward thing ever, cause like her cousin was with her, and I thought it was her boyfriend. And it's not because it's Kentucky. It's because this guy looked nothing fucking like her. And they seemed about the same fucking age. And I'm like, this is weird that they're fucking hanging out. But she wouldn't stop talking to me. And um, eventually I asked her for her fucking numbers like, she gave it to me, and we fucking chilled out, and she's like, here's the deal. I'm leaving this state in about six weeks, and I'm like, you're the ideal person for me to fucking hang out with. So, uh, yeah, it just happened to be real close to my fucking birthday, just, and like...
3: interject to interject an obvious question quickly, is because yeah. you... It, it, is it because she was legal six weeks that she was the ideal person to hang out with? I'll take my answer um, off
2: Yes and no. I mean, I won't say that wasn't attractive. I will not say that wasn't attractive. But, I mean... She's real so, sporty. She's real, the, sporty. The she really was real trans- fucking component. smart. Like, that's she's fucking witty. She can keep up with me in fucking funny. conversation. Like, if she didn't have these other... Qualities, then I wouldn't have cared. When she was fucking leaving, it wouldn't have fucking mattered. Like I wouldn't have welcomed six weeks of fucking misery. You know, six weeks is a long time to be miserable. So, if you think that was the point, then and no,
3: no, that probably not at all. No, not at all. I
2: think without you know, it's got to take the
3: whole. You know the whole thing. However, knowing that uh, there is qu- sort of a graduation date, so any sort of commitment is an a, a, a escape hatch or an injection sheet. Is an injection.
2: Six weeks is a long time Six. to put up with anybody, dude. Uh, two nights is a long time to put up with a lot of people. In all fairness. Hey, we're
6: such so. tough
2: What's that, Catcon? I know you like Did to run, run this the shit. Chat? Did they
6: take away the chat?
2: I don't, I don't like even know what you're talking long. about. The so. Uh, my shit is still spinning. It has been for an hour and a half. I really don't <laughs> care about chat. Like, I would love for oh, chat wow. to disappear in the fucking well, great the lagoon. Intake,
6: but, but guys uh, just so you know I tweeted out a picture of my sperm I telescoped it Nice.
3: I, I don't know
6: if that's what a normal sperm looks like but did you sperm.
3: did you uh did you tweet it to um um uh,
4: we A&M. need
2: the official sperm analyst like we need someone to do that we need to appoint someone To the Council of Glenada to uh, analyze sperm.
6: What account are you on right now, Uh,
3: On Twitter? Yeah. Uh, Probably Riff.
6: (laughs) He's (laughs) tweeting right now. All right, I got you guys. Yeah, that's my sperm. I think it might might be a potential god.
2: I hope so. I'm i car, baby.
3: I was just so tempted to go on a tangent, but I won't. Coach, continue with the story. Yeah.
2: I'm so distracted. I don't even know what direction I'm fucking in. I, in all I'm going to go
3: ahead and but, be honest with you. I don't even know what
2: you're talking about. I just smoked. Okay. I did no. It was a guaranteed not to be long term oh, okay. right. fucking yeah. situation. Which made That's it right. fucking amazing in a lot of ways. And, um... Yeah. <laughs> you fuck, I honestly got the chance to be, like, as intimate as I possibly could with someone, knowing that, like, it would absolutely end. I'm like, you know what? You don't seem like the kind who would care. I obviously don't care. Like, we can fucking fall in love with each other for six weeks. And it'll be over. And I'd never had that before in my life. Because I thought uh, people would trip, or I would trip, or, like, it would be really hard for us to do. Like, it was not hard at all. Like, this was just the most fucking natural thing ever. Like, it wasn't a drop the album kind of deal, but, like, we did everything else. But, like, people who date for, like, ten years fucking do, like... It's totally chill, like, we'd walk around each other's house fucking naked, and just, like, tell each other our lives' fucking stories, and, like, bitch about the weirdest shit from, like, when we were four, that we had problems with our fucking parents, like, I highly suggest trying this at least fucking once. Because it was fucking amazing. You just have to find the right person, and she was that fucking person, like... She fucking got me. I fucking got her, like, she was super-duper uncomfortable, like, the first time she put a swimsuit on in front of me, and she's like, you know what? We've only got six fucking weeks. Who the fuck cares, dude? Like, I'll rip this fucking shit off on a public fucking pool, and we just act an absolute fucking donkey, and I'm like, wow, this Why is was- fucking great. Like, this is mind-blowing material that we're at this point... And we've known each other for like four days and um, I see nothing going bad here and everything's fucking going amazing. So,
3: Well, I mean, I mean, this is part of the attraction of like apocalyptic thinking, right? Or like that the Armageddon and the rapture is right around the corner, you know, and all your, your sins will be absolved, uh, you know, by, you know, 2012 or whatever the next date that's tossed out there is or – some sort of biblical right. event. But and that's kind of what I was talking to earlier. It's like when you have a finite amount of time, um, you know, and not to go on a deeper level, you talk about people in terminal illness once they get over their fear of dying, like in the the sort of the freeing aspect of the of I
2: don't the... fear dying. Do people fear dying? Do people really fear dying?
4: I think Is that do. really
2: a thing? are people just think... so soft that they fear everything and dying is a thing so like dying is a thing that they fear because they fear fucking everything like the same people that I fear think... dying uh... I feel fear stubbing their toe when they wake up in the fucking morning like
3: well, I mean, think, think of, of
2: well, uh,
3: think, I love uh,
6: say uh, that God. I I think you would be a lot more comfortable if I put my dick in your face than if I put a gun in your face.
2: Just saying. I I feel like you're drunk and make no sense. I I think think that that made a lot of sense.
3: That was kind of like a a contemporary colloquialism of of, uh, John Lennon.
6: You say you don't fear dying, but you would be more comfortable with my dick in your face than a gun
2: in your face.
3: Ooh, I, okay, I see the poignancy of your of your. I point. mean,
2: I don't fear dying. I don't fear a dick in my face. I don't fear a gun in my fucking I, Coach face. Like, quote,
6: Coach Burbs quote, I don't fear... I just don't fear face. any of that Coach shit. Coach like, quote, <laughs> I do not fear a dick in my face, quote. <laughs> Coach Furman. <laughs> hey, now, whatever. If, if you
3: if if you had the perspicacity to actually like cut that off of the show, loop it, and make it to a funny fucking song, I would give you five
2: yeah. bucks. Hey,
3: go for it. And, and move and moving on, like I think that that just to take a funny statement and make it true, like right that's, that's like the big fear of people going to fucking. I mean, I mean, it's very easy to say I'm not I'm not scared of death. However, there is an unhealthy and illogical fear of death that has consumed our cultural construct for two thousand years. You know, uh, I mean, where. It, and there's an
2: it the unhealthy the thing about me that has consumed me for 33 years so me, you, I don't know you, that's why, why I get to act the kind of ass that I am like that's why I have the kind of fucking job that I have that's why I do the kind of fucking dumbass shit on the internet that I do like is what it is <laughs> like I just I I fear is a very convoluted concept to me like I just don't fucking
3: get it it's based on a lot of precepts that I don't think he, either any any one of us adhere to, and I could almost say that exclusively amongst like the section of Twitter that we've all become so familiar with each other on um, right, and you know whether we're born under those precepts and escape them we're born without them. Um, And just kept following that, uh, you know, that sort of uh, course of free thinking, um, expressed through either food, drink, internet, writing, art, music, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, It's mostly
2: boredom for me. Coding, Uh, that's programming. Well, inspired me and at the same time held me fucking back. Like, is what it is. Like refuse to fucking accept boredom like I don't let it push me I don't let it fucking inspire me like I just if I experience it I do something fucking different and I ended up in a lot of fun fucking situations because of it but at the same time like I have no patience for that bullshit
3: yeah I think that's uh, I mean that's that's why you're the coach and I, I and I do think uh, I think that that you do like uh, that comes through in your in your um, underlying personality. It's it's legitimate. Yeah. Is what it is. And it is what it is. I've done a
2: lot of crazy motherfucking shit in my time. I have never just sat around and been bored and been okay with it. I don't know exactly. Bo- well, boredom is an under it's and an I'm under, smart enough to figure out, you know, how to unbore myself if it comes to that. So,
3: and bo- I mean, boredom is an underappreciated uh, um, motivational um, force. Um, like boredom, boredom is a state of uh, emotional apathy. Bordering on the line of anhedonia, uh, and, um, and it's, if you—it's
2: a stasis of sorts, and I don't like to stay in the same spot. Well,
3: uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you got to keep moving, like uh, water no over the gills, keep the oxygen flowing, you know, keep the mind yeah. fucking something, the heart going, absolutely. Um, it's eleven twenty. I think we have ten minutes left. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, um, it's, it's just fucking Coach from the I set it up
2: for two hours I really don't care I just set it up for like the maximum Because I wasn't getting any feedback From you at the time So we can stop whenever I really don't care I don't feel the need to go all night But whatever
3: uh, Well absolutely Let's, let's play uh, one more song I'm grab... The okay. What do you want
2: to hear? Cause uh, you're fucking bored, motherfucker. So I am
3: not. I'm not even looking at it. Uh, all right. Um, the Vince thing was decent. What else? There's do have like on ten Reddit? songs what? on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of them at, uh Yeah, yeah. There's not very many on there. Now. I don't even know. Do You want to hear actually, this Rage
2: Against the Machine song?
3: Yeah, that's perfect.
2: I'll all right. Okay. Fucking a. Um I'm going to have to kill this window and then we'll listen to that. I think Cat God fell off. That doesn't piss me off.
3: Yeah, his phone died. I never get tired of fucking rage. Zach Teller is back from uh, being down with the uh, Zapatistas. Um, You sound like like you're feeling pretty
2: good as well. You got a personal bar at your house outside of beer?
3: No, no, no. no. I have no discipline to keep one of those. It's kind of like uh, a bottle home, drink a bottle down. Uh, Yeah,
2: it's very hard to do. I'm very good at yeah. keeping like the last three or four shots of like a bottle of whiskey. So I've got like a bazillion bottle of whiskeys with like three or four shots left in them. But okay, well,
3: so I've got the... a plethora
2: of whiskey. There's just not much of anything.
3: And I always, I always have a a bottle of uh, either bourbon whiskey or or rye. Uh, right. You know, that I, I love
2: some rye, late. dude. Nothing wrong with some rye.
3: There's a yeah, lot of good like, Kentucky
2: rye, Like, there's a lot of good ryes out there.
3: Some of the best. I mean, in fact, explain to me the difference between uh, rye um, and and whiskey. I mean, I know bourbon's more of a like a, a label of locality. Like,
2: bourbon's got to is- be fifty-one cor- percent or corn. Okay. Rye's got to be fifty-one percent rye. Okay, got gotcha. you. All of these are whiskeys. I mean, typically a Scottish whiskey is at least 80% malt, if not 100% malt. I mean, it's the grains that go into them that define these categories of fucking
3: whiskey.
2: And how far far you distill them is a big question as to how much you're going to taste. Like, if you distill something seven times and do 180 proof before you put it in the barrel... 180 proof is going to kill the flavor of anything. Like That's one of the rules I mean, of bourbon. It can't go above 160 in distillation, and uh, it can't go into the barrel above 125.
3: Got you. And that would be proof. And then it comes down as it ages mellows.
2: In Kentucky, it goes up. Actually, because the temperature is so hot that, like, so much water, like, melts out of it or whatever. What's the word? Evaporates. 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 There you go. In Um, Scotland, it goes down because the temperature is a lot more moderate. So, like, nothing really evaporates, dude. Like, shit. Goes into the barrel and, like, nothing evaporates, so, like, the proof goes down. That's one major difference between scotch and uh, bourbon whiskey, and it's Whoa. because of where it's aged.
3: Yeah, that's a huge, that's, like, a huge thing, because, I mean, Scotland's basically yeah. like a northwest Pacific tropical rainforest in a lot of the area, right, especially near the ocean. The Gulf right. swings close to it, so there's a, it does to Ireland as well to get that little, yes. PD, like, peaty, salty scotch. Um, and humidity is so much that evaporation or reduction of h uh, to H2O doesn't take place. So the proof of uh, the end product basically stays the same, whereas in Kentucky, uh, heat, sun, et cetera, et cetera, like there's way more evaporation, reduction of water, And so you get a more potent product at the end of the aging process. That's interesting.
2: Absolutely. It is interesting. And um, it's nothing for us to have a 40-degree shift, you know, from day to night in Kentucky. And if you think about what's happening inside the barrel, like liquids expanding and contracting, expanding, contracting, expanding, contracting. So it interacts a lot more with the oak barrel that it's in. If it's in a climate that's just kind of fucking all over the place. So that's part of the reason we make the best whiskey in the world.
3: Yeah, that makes sense. Not all of it.
2: I could go on and on and on and on about this, but that's a big part of it. And people don't really think about this. Like if you've got a climate that's moderate where you're not changing more than 15 or 20 degrees over the course of a day like Scotland has, then you're not going to get as much interaction. You're going to have to let the whiskey get a lot older to get an oak fucking flavor, whereas in Kentucky it happens very quickly, yeah.
3: The humidity level in Scotland or Ireland, like, you know, on that Gulf Coast side, it's high. Like, you think about Seattle, you know, Oregon, like, those places on the the,
2: humidity matters the, but it's not the biggest factor I will say that it's,
3: it's more temperature
2: and you know the same principle applies to
3: like aging meat right it's all about reduction of, of water of the, right. of, of the muscles so in some um, in some uh, climates you need like a, an, an aging room in, in other climates you can just use like a cold basement closet uh, and that was, like, the principle of the larder. Um, but it's, it's all about uh, distilling flavor by reducing the amount of uh, water and things.
2: Yeah. I feel like we're also the best at figuring out how to char barrels because, I mean, a lot of scotch whiskey is aged in our used barrels. Like, right. what we're doing with wood, groundbreaking and everybody's got their own recipe like burn it at you know 175 degrees for 75 seconds like everybody's got their own fucking recipe like everything's a little bit different this matters more to me than like what the um grain composition in the mash happens to be like it fucking matters, particularly for something that's old in Kentucky, because it's interacting with the oak way more than it's interacting, you know, with the still. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, you ever
3: like call? I mean, you are Coach Bourbon. You are. I mean, your your knowledge of uh, of your state drink is pretty. It's 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 pretty cultural. Um, It's out there.
2: I know dudes who are better. I'm still studying. I got a ways to go. But that's been my big emphasis lately is finding out more and more about how these barrels are fucking made. Oh yeah. and And That's been ground fucking breaking for me.
3: Isn't this like a remarkable secondary market too? For Kentucky like selling the barrels because they can only be used once right in the production of bourbon right
2: you can only use then, a barrel once for bourbon right. and, so,
3: and so then that so they like that
2: Irish whiskey makers Scotch fucking whiskey makers rum's a big market for us right now people like the barrel age rum you start to see a lot of barrel-aged beers and wines on the fucking market. That's where those barrels are fucking coming from. Like, I've seen As these. whiskeys boomed, it. we've got more and more and more barrels, and it's like, who the fuck are we going to sell them to? And everybody wants to barrel-age everything nowadays. So we're selling to fucking everybody. dude. If you make a spirit of any sort, even if it's beer or wine, you're probably yeah. buying our used barrels because we can only use them once. And we're the only ones in the world who can only use them once. So we sent out some really good barrels, you know, like,
3: I, I even think and I hate to say in. this
2: because this uh, compliments the people who age the least, the best. Like if you're Jim Beam and you only age for four years, you didn't use that barrel. I mean, yeah. all the flavor in that barrel is still fucking there, you know? Like, you didn't do shit to it. So you're the ideal person to sell to an Irish whiskey maker, you know, who wants the flavor of that oak because you didn't get it out of there. You only sat that shit in, for four years. A lot right, of people no, just, said it for 10 or 12, you know? Like, yeah.
3: Yeah, but I mean, I've even seen them in like, uh, you know, like groceries, in like uh, charcoal bags. Yeah. Kentucky, Kentucky age briquettes, charcoal briquettes, like whole wood briquettes. Like that's a, that's, that's a good outlet for uh, those, those, those barrels. No doubt. Cat God would be proud. I, I have three cats on me right now.
2: Aww. I fucking love cats, dude. I'm not a softie for anything, but I do fucking love cats.
3: They're just they're a, they're a unit. These three, just because I went, I went to get one, and I, I'm pretty. They're like barn rescues. They are pretty close to death. Um, and the one, yeah, the one I... who's like on my shoulders, it's she. She's unofficially become a uh, tiny nin- ninja because she's tiny. She's like half the size of her sisters, but she's pretty cool. Anyway, I digress on cats. But, uh, yeah, man, I uh, I I'd, I'd love a, uh, like a, uh, a good state industry. Um, you know, Vermont has maple syrup. It's what it
2: is. We've got it's bourbon, awesome. we've got fucking horses and um baseball bats, I guess. We've got a lock on that. I mean there's a lot of things that are distinctly Kentucky, but bourbon's definitely number one as far as a cash prep. Yeah.
3: yep. Yeah. It's a gr it's a it's a good uh it's a good lesson for other I mean like Vermont has followed that model well with maple syrup. With you know, the branding, I think the exclusivity of uh, bourbon, like champagne, um, where you have uh, sort of um, uh, products that steal the style of but aren't authentic. That's a, that's, that was very intelligent. Whoever fucking did that in Kentucky who said, okay, you know what, bourbon's got to be this, this from here.
2: It was the Howard Taft administration. I've read a lot about this. But the Taft administration set a lot of the rules as to what you have to do to put bourbon on your label or whatever. And I mean, really what made bourbon a thing... Uh, bourbon County, Kentucky, which is what bourbon is named after, is right on the Missouri River. So, it was the ideal place to float some whiskey down to New Orleans, which is where the market was. Yeah. In the Missouri and room, a Missouri. lot of people in New Orleans happened to be French. Indeed, and so, do. like, they were used to, you know champagne and cognac and this that and the other thing like really nice like oak age fucking spirits so like shout out new orleans for helping make us because if no one down there 200 years ago cared about oak age spirits then i don't know if we'd be the thing that we are but
3: No, I hear. And again, like it's like all dirt roads lead to uh, New Orleans. I think uh, even on the Derby Show, we ended up talking
2: about New Orleans for a little bit. Um, I talk about New Orleans a lot. I've been thinking about it a lot because I've been reading a lot about bourbon, and that's they really helped us blow up, like inexplicably. I, I well,
3: see. I was about to Google like cognac, um, and then. I'm like, what? well, wait a second. I've got the coach on the line, but i I just understand what makes a cognac a cognac as, as opposed to a brandy?
2: Um, it, It's from a particular area of
3: France. Okay, so it's like the same sort of... Much uh, like
2: champagne is champagne because it's from a particular area of France. But cognac does have to be oak-aged. And there's a ton of Chardonnays that are fucking oak-aged and whatnot. Like, there's a ton of things that part of the rules is you have to be fucking oak-aged.
3: Some of those Chardonnays... Like, that's not
2: unique to Cognac, but to be Cognac, you do have to be oak-aged.
3: Yeah, I'm not good at drinking wine. You know, like those Chardonnays that are oak-aged, they're like butterballs.
2: I hate wine. It gives me a headache. It makes me very talkative. It's very fun for like an hour until it's not fun for like the fifteen hours that follow that.
3: That's I'm I'm right there, uh, serendipitously with you. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not that one. When I drink it too quickly and it just it's not it doesn't have enough legs, quite frankly.
2: Yeah, no doubt. It's not enough to like put me out, but it's enough to give me the sugar headache from hell.
3: So, oh, man, yeah, I can't do it. Or if it's red, it's the sulfide headache, which is like the only fucking thing I'm uh, sensitive to in the world. But, yeah, I drink – it's like a – you know, that's horrible to say, quite frankly, on air especially. But, yeah, I can't drink red blood.
2: Man. But I can drink these. From Shiraz is okay in small doses if I'm planning on getting laid that night, and that's about the only time that it's okay.
3: Well, and if we go back to like the food thing, if I'm not gonna have a flame mignon, man, like I'll I will i will i love a nice Pinot Noir or a Malbec, you know. Yeah. Something like that. Um you know, with the food it works. Without as 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 a means to an end, boy I tell you, it's a little rough.
2: Deb. Yeah. I will meet some food, and there's no steak that's a bad steak, dude. Like, I've never been pissed off about a ribeye or a T-bone or a fucking york strip. Um, Yeah. I've never really even been that mad about a sirloin, but a sirloin is like a hamburger on fucking steroids. So, like, I understand it is what it is. You just kind of got to pick your moments, man. Like, there are ribeye nights. And yeah. there are fucking T-Bone nights. And there are fucking yeah. sirloin nights. Oh, yeah. You They're know? But sirloin
3: nights. Absolutely.
2: I'm a big be can... believer in pairing your drinks, you know? Like, don't pair, like, top-grade whiskey with sirloin. Like, that would be a ridiculous thing to fucking do. Like, I
3: mean, the, sir- the sirloin is really just the three best cuts put together at the end of at the end of where, you know, the... The rib, the tenderloin, and the and the loin come together. Right. Uh, you know the thing that doesn't make it like a like a spoon uh, tender piece of meat, um, like the tenderloin or a ribeye, is to aid the utilization of the muscle, and then less importantly, uh, the marbling, like and the sinew. Because it is three muscles that come together at the end of the loin. But shit, man, if you've seen that thing out, that's a beautiful steak. Uh, I mean, definitely my number one favorite steak is like a a three-inch center-cut New York strip, you know, with
2: about... Three inches is thick as fuck, dude. It would take forever to cook that. But at the no, same time, you could nail whatever fucking meat temp you wanted to go with on that.
3: Oh, and, they, and cool in the middle, like cool to the touch in the middle.
2: no up. And,
3: and sheared. And then at the end, just.
2: I like that. Know, the, I typically hmm. go mid-rare. Yeah. Like, I don't want something burning in the fucking middle. Like, I don't want it cooking up as I'm eating it. Like, that's problematic for me. So.
3: Oh my God. And you get it. Cause that does happen. Like, that's crazy. If you cut a piece of meat open and the shit starts steaming from the middle, you know, you done got fucked. No doubt. And now we have, we have traversed from, um, from your first sale of the radio show, um, you know, and we've uh, <laughs> been all we over might,
2: the fucking place, might,
3: dude. We, we, and we might have to do a, a father-child motif show one time and discuss, you know, like, you know, are you, you going to be that guy who adopts a kid on his own and gets the support of everybody, you know, without the, uh, dude, w- without the. If I had a kid, i quit
2: drinking. I'm just letting you know right now, like. What would you let the kid drink? Is the question. Um, fifteen or sixteen, I'd be like, you know what, it's time for you to have a beer.
3: Oh, I meant like one or two, like just like put it in his bottle, you know, so he falls asleep a little quicker. I'm pretty sure that's a that's yeah, a, that's one a or two. I mean, here's support. the deal:
2: I'm a Kentuckian. If you got yeah, a toothache, so you need a rub shot it of bourbon. Your guns. You got a headache, you need a shot of bourbon, like, it's not something I'm doing to like give you a fucking head change. It's because I know it's gonna fucking numb you up. And you're not gonna think about it. Yeah, and you're gonna fucking sleep a little bit, and it'll be fine. I'll deal with you in an hour or two.
3: Up in New England, we call it with rum, you know, with rum. Like, Oh, you need yeah. some seat like, you know, for dude, whatever it fuck
2: is. the state of the current government. I don't fucking care, dude. If I have a two-year-old who has a fucking toothache, or toothache they're getting a shot of bourbon. That's just what's happening for them.
3: Yes. I'm, and it'll I'm be a pretty a- healthy
2: one And it'll kill their fucking toothache For a couple fucking hours And if I have to feed them another one A couple fucking hours the down the road medical
3: opinions on this show Do not necessarily those opinions Of the a- radio group
2: Yeah well <laughs> A lot I'm of people would probably that. Feed them a fucking Xanax I'd rather have a shot of bourbon Than a Xanax So that's just kind of mm-hmm. what's up
3: yeah, that is kind of what's up. It is for a lot of people. And those people who would feed their kid as ex, please do not have kids. You can help the planet and your own pocketbook by not having children. How about that? It is what it is. It is what it is. People just pop out kids. I see kids at like, fucking Target. There's, like, parents with these, like, five kids. Kids are clearly dominating the whole fucking shopping experience. Like... Driving, you know, the whole thing. Like, oh yeah, man, it really deserves it. It is what it is, brother. You've is never had
2: kids, to. have you?
3: No, 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 no. Yeah. I, I, nope. No, 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 no. Good for I you, man. Burn.
2: I'm proud of you. I've never yeah. had kids. I'm 33 plus, and I've never had kids. So, like, I can't be like, Oh, you've never had kids. What the fuck is wrong with him? Like...
4: I mean, I'm not in that
2: I, spot, dude. Like, it's chill. Like... Oh my God. I just don't feel like I've been the spot to have kids.
3: I, I, so I, it would I, make I,
2: sense. I, like, if I'm gonna have kids, like, I want to coach the fucking soccer team. Like, I for real want to be, like, the tutor in fucking school and shit. Like... I want to be my kid's fucking right hand fucking man and I just don't feel like that's where I'm at in life so you can, you
3: can fake a lot of things in life you can no show doubt. up 90% of the time with fake gusto for the sort of trials and tribulations that we have to get through life but you cannot fake parenthood you cannot fake yeah. being a good dad. faking parent.
2: being a dad is fucking impossible
3: Exactly. So, if you're not going into it with the sort of the zealotry that Hugo Chavez led Venezuela with, then you know what? You're not doing it right. Like right. you're just not doing it right. Like, and that's I've never, I've never ever. Like, I, I feel like to be a to be a parent, there needs to be a there needs to be a compulsion, like a, some sort of force that's that's propelling you towards that that uh biological uh imperative.
2: Don't you feel like um, for a lot of people it's hormones though?
3: Well I feel like for a lot of people it's it's uh it's the worst decision they've ever made in their lives. Whether that's
2: that's a- neither here nor there. Well, I don't well, feel well, like it's even a say, decision for a lot of people. I feel well, like it's just I a chemical a thing say- that fucking happens. And then we think, think above that chemical fucking thing and we're like, you know what? This seems like a dumbass idea where for a lot of people like it's not a conscious decision for them. It's just something that happens chemically.
3: I don't disagree with that that at all. And but yeah. I do think that and and I mean this isn't just opposed to what you say at all, but I do think a lot of people Falsely believe that it will make their lives into into the illusion that we've been led right to believe is our is our is our uh, is our right. You know, like having kids like wouldn't change me. I can
2: tell you this right off the bat. I'm not saying like was, if, it if it I had kids, I'd anyway. still be coach fucking burbs. Yeah, right. I'd
3: say it would not change you but for a lot of people they expect especially people in relationships they expect it, it it's also like you know the natural like step after you know right. getting getting in love it. it's, it's so, you hang out
2: people, you decide you like a girl you throw a ring on her finger and then boom you get her pregnant and then that's just the natural progression for a lot of people
3: yeah, and next thing you know, you're on cops.
2: Or the other way around. You get her pregnant, and then, fuck, I guess you gotta buy a ring, and it works both ways.
3: It does, and and you know what? I think it's 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 an equal crapshoot either way as far as how the success of, not necessarily the parenthood, or excuse me, not necessarily the relationship, but the quality of the parenting is a crapshoot because yeah, my own a- anecdotal observations I've seen. I really
2: don't care whether people stay together. I do care whether like kids have parents. That's important to me. Even if they're split parents, you know, like you get these three days and I get these four days or what the fuck ever. Like, I do feel like kids need parents. I yeah, feel like that's kind of an important thing. Like, and a male and a female role model in their fucking lives. Like,
3: they need, I mean, they need, they need multiple role models in their lives, but they also need people who can separate. Like, I think the most damaging thing about divorce, and like, I mean, I'm pretty sure you lived at sort of the, uh, you know, and you've joked about how my mom and dad are so together, you know, I, you know, I don't know, but like, you sort of live at the, uh, at the end of uh, the time where I, you know, sort of grew up and where it was, it was like finally socially acceptable to be divorced, in like 1977, 1979, 1980. Yeah. And we'll wrap this up after this, you know. But my um, dad
2: was divorced twice before he met my mom. My mom was like, here's the deal. We're stuck together. And my dad at that point was so washed. He was like, what the fuck ever. So that's the biggest reason my mom and my dad are together, dude. My dad had kids with two other women. So, like, my dad had no problems with it. My mom had fucking problems with it. And uh, my dad really liked my mom. So it was one of those. And... They stuck together for some reason. I feel like so.
3: How many? It how was many, kind of a
2: crazy reason, but it is what it is. So
3: it is. But so okay. So how many? Um, like half siblings, step siblings. I mean, if you're, if, I've got you know, two like steps. I have a couple, and in my clan we just call them brothers and sisters. So if that's how it goes in your clan. How many?
2: I've got two. I've never met either of them Both on your dad's side Both on my dad's side My dad had a shady past
3: I'm <laughs> shady It
2: is what it is Dude I don't <laughs> it care
3: is what it is. Wait, wait a Dude he had a he kid in that...
2: Illinois He had a kid in fucking West Virginia He had a kid in two different states Neither of whom I have met
3: And did he try to Did he have a both phase?
2: I mean when I was growing up, now he's like, here's the deal, like I understand you have my fucking DNA, like this is what you have to look forward to.
3: Well I don't mean like the boat like like love boat's a drug, like PCP, I mean like a boat phase it wasn't hey, you and I talking about your dad driving through like some who the fuck's <laughs> getting the on the radio talking driving through like his boat through the shallows of uh some canal. And got hemmed up. It might be. It had to be your show, but it might not have been you. It might have been psycho Or somebody else. I don't. Know. Either way, I digress. I
2: um, don't know,
3: dude. All right. So your dad's a bit dude. of a of a player.
2: Yes. My dad's In, a and, fucking player.
3: Yeah.
4: In, That's just what's be. up.
2: Like
3: yeah, what well, it is what it is. As yeah. coach, yeah, Jerry Tarkanian, good coach or not a good coach, just a good recruiter. Question.
2: <laughs> I don't know, man. This is what the, it is. Like this the, is just my the, life. Like. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't fucking know, man. Like, I have no strong feelings about this. It just kind of is what happened to me, and I'm moving on with things.
3: Yeah, yeah. well, it doesn't sound like You hey, and you're awesome, and life is what it is, right? It's just uh, a reflection, like... Uh...
2: We're just dudes shooting the shit on the fucking internet. Like, that's all we exactly. are, really. Exactly.
3: You know... I mean, I think that the that the, uh, the 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 judgment that people hold over other people is pretty fucking hypocritical. Uh, Dude, I don't care. I don't need to be captain obvious. I know you
2: don't care. All I know, know for really sure is like. People. I've been very careful to make sure that, like, if I pop fucking kids out, like, it's a done deal. Like, me and Mama are dealing with them for fucking life, and there's not going to be any drama or what state I lived in or any of that fucking bullshit. Like, if I'm going to be a dad, like, I'm going to coach that fucking soccer team. I'm going to fucking hang out, and I'm going to be at that fucking high school graduation, you know? And that's just my little dude. So, like, I was in no hurry to fucking do it. If it fucking happens to me, fucking great. But, uh yeah. I'm not floating mm-hmm. around after that. Like, I'm making sure I'm in love and this is a deal. And, yeah, it just is what it is. Because that's not what happened to me. All
3: right. So, question. Just to close up. Close out the show um, so if I get my hands on a Volkswagen Rialta, you know all this right is a one this is a one piece RV it's a beautiful unit uh okay um, with all the amenities
2: uh, and
3: uh, I will come through Kentucky and meet uh, up with my my family and very, I'm very
2: patient. dude find uh, me something, something to do it. in Madison man dude give me I mean, an excuse this, to come up there for a weekend
3: i've like in Madison the uh well first of all, I think we' we find you're a catering there, like, manager
2: now, dude, yeah, I guarantee I, you dude, like I well, could come up with some signatures that your city will be talking about for years beyond,
3: yeah, and Bur- i mean bourbon. Right, right now is like such a it's such a rage, dude. I know it's yeah. It's been a rage for a while, and I it's peaking a little bit, and it might peter out. But yeah, we should definitely do a bourbon dinner. To, um, Let's do it. Know, which dude. yeah, it fuck it. I, like uh, on the Capitol Square in Madison, like every you know restaurant whose menu is all ubiquitous, you know it. Uh, like, oh, bourbon night here with, you know, beer braids, yeah, bourbon, bourbon braids, short ribs, et cetera, et cetera. Like, that's, that we we could definitely do that Dude, better.
2: I've got every weekend a fuck around. Pick one, dude. Just circle one on the map and fucking I'll come up. I'll drive or I don't even care. But I'll come up and fuck around and serve some drinks that your people won't believe.
3: Would well, be even better than that? and the make first, you I mean, look good fast.
2: You're a new catering manager, man. I'll make you look fucking fantastic yeah, Everyone in you know, Madison'll awesome. be yeah. like, "Who is that guy you know that he brought up like this guy knows this shit
3: The beard alone up here gives you um like you know three stars of credibility out of five yeah. mean, that thing is handsome. You know, and everybody up here wants a handsome beard.
2: No doubt. Mm -hmm. That doesn't matter, dude. You have no idea how talented I am if you're talking about my beard.
3: Look, I'm not tooting my own horn, but uh, we've been friends as long as we have. And if you have a certain intellectual, you have a certain integrity in the job you do. And uh, yeah, we would. Dude,
2: I would kill your talent, dude.
3: I mean, it, I hate it, to be it, cocky,
2: dude. That's not my style. I'm just letting you
3: know that, like, well, I know
2: what you think.
3: The only thing I'm cocky about is the way I can cook. And, uh, yeah. Dude, it's,
2: it's, good. Fucking. Be like, hey, I'm inviting everyone in the Capitol, you know, like, for, like, a rowdy dinner on the lawn. And I'll cook you some badass fillets, and I'll have this dude make you some badass fucking cocktails. And you'll be known throughout Wisconsin.
3: All right, so, I mean, at at this point, like, I'm not even sure if you were – well, I know, I know you were, but I mean, are you, have you moved on from your days as coach? for Are you coach IT now?
2: No, dude. It's been a side gig for a long fucking time, dude. It's something I'm really fucking tired of as far as the IT thing.
3: Right
2: on. Like, it is what That's it is.
3: you just completely got exactly what Here's I Here's the yeah. deal
2: with my IT business. We do 700000 a year i just sell it i just sell it i don't want to dick around with code i have no interest in that the shit moves way faster than i have the time to fucking study is what it is i hook like 22 year old kids up with jobs doing this code for me and i just sell it that's where i'm at with it Like I have the connections and they have the skills to make it fucking happen. And so I just hire these kids out of this engineering fucking school and they do all the work and I do all the sales and it's like a 40 grand a year sales gig is what my business is right now. Yeah. I make way more than 40 grand a year, you know, like fucking around with bar stuff. Right, exactly, I pr- yeah. I probably made 75 grand in the last nine months doing bar stuff. Like, I invent drinks for a living. This is what I yes, do. Yeah, I
3: mean, right, okay. And, like, that's, like, I mean, that. let's see, you know. Now you're but it's a side gig.
2: Like, if it ever fell the fuck apart, well, this then is I I'm have.
3: i confused. Which is the main uh,
2: gig and which is the
3: side gig? And 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 it wasn't the bar gig not, is the main gig. The which the bar gig is. Yeah, is the good it, gig it's just people.
2: not the one that's the most stable. Because right. you've right. been around the restaurant industry, like it's easier to advertise or, yourself as someone you know who's like, I can definitely make a living off of IT stuff. Is it what I want to do? No. Is it something I know how to do? Yes. Is it something I have the connections to do? Oh fuck yeah, so like I get to have a passion gig, which is my bargain, and if, if shit hits the fan, you know, and bourbon isn't popular anymore, then at least I've still got forty grand a year dicking around, you know, yeah, like feeding twenty exactly. two year old kids fucking jobs, so yeah. that's where I'm at, as far as all that. Yeah. Like, like where my passion is is definitely not IT. I will tell you that. But it is what it is. <laughs> it's something I know it I can make a shitload of money off of. And so I can chase this passion that I have and still know that I won't die, you know, if the shit hits the fucking fan. Exactly. But,
3: it's
2: it's it is what
3: it is. It's like the, it's almost like the opposite of a lot of people I know. You know like, yeah, they want to, they want that in in like what you do so bad. Yet they're bartending. Yet they're they know their shit man. They know D, you know. They know networks. They know you know switches. They know vulnerabilities. Like it's very interesting.
2: Uh, I know a lot of people in Kentucky politics, and that's the reason why I'm so successful with this web fucking thing, and it's not going away. It's going to take a generation and a half for this shit to do. I mean, I would be 65, 70 by the time my opportunities in web work go away. So, I've I've got it. I've got that fall back on thing. So, I can just chase whatever I want to do and have fun and, like, make drinks and do what the fuck ever. And it's no big fucking deal. Like, I've got an ideal situation here. Like, I really do. Like... It's not what I know, it's who I know, but I know a lot of kids who know what I need to know. And so I let them make more money. Like most of the people who work for me make more money than I do as far as my web design business. Because I'm not trying to become a baller off it. Like that's not what I'm fucking going for. Like I'm paying people 60 while I make 40 because 40 is all I fucking need. You know, and I've got this other thing that I do that's fucking fantastically interesting to me. So I made more than they do when you add it all up, but I'm doing something else on the side and they're not. So. Right, exactly. Yeah. I love that. Is what it is, man. I don't want to get bored in life. That's my biggest fear is getting bored in life, and bar stuff keeps me from getting bored in life, so
3: I mean, we could we could do a whole radio show on boredom, the dangers of boredom, and also the dangers of the personality type that allows themselves to become bored, right?
2: yeah, like that's scary to me,
3: yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that that like there aren't times for you know, reflection and like quietness in one's life, you know, where boredom um, can uh, actually offer some insight. Um but I just think those like, right. are like five five or six minutes, you know, in a year. And then after that, like there should be no excuse for boredom. Like, you know. Did
2: you look up Cal? Look up what? Kelhart. No. I DM'd you her at the other day. Oh yeah, yeah. no, I posted totally yes. Yeah. The girl that, that I'm wrong. totally afraid that I'm gonna fall in love with because I need um, her on my bar stuff. Yes. But okay. at the same so, time, wait. I personally like her. So it's going to get right. weird, Sam. I'm just letting you know. So what did you decide to do? She's on my bar staff. Okay,
3: so you hired.
2: Yeah, she's on my bar staff. She's um, on the bar staff. She's if I, fucking on my bar staff, man. She's the lowest on my fucking bar staff. Bar but bar
3: staff. Is Gandalf's staff, which means it's a phallic representation of the Washington Monument, which means yeah. she's giving you a hand job. She doesn't owe me shit. Good, she I'm not saying she owes you, but that was a pretty good extrapolation of the conspiracy theory sort of mindset. But however, she's on her mindset. She, and she is very attractive for the uh, listening audience. Like, absolutely. Uh, I mean, Coach, you, you're a man of morals. Like ethics, Um, and again, I just have to go back to the Costanza thing where it's like in one of those situations, you can't really decide that sort of thing on what you think you're going to do because, like, that's like pretend you could uh, predict the future. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it is what it is.
2: I may be off my bar staff in all fairness, which is the easiest reason that I was like, I'm going to hire her. Were like, you, I want to get her trained you know? up. Not necessarily to the point that she could run it, but to the point that there's no one else on there who could overdo her, and then I'm probably going to be used.
3: and just And just be, and just manage it?
2: No, and just have no part in it anymore. Got gotcha.
3: you. Okay, so you would be you, you're reluctant to leave it. Uh, just I want to replace you. myself. Yes, exactly. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, which is like totally...
2: I want this shit to continue to kick ass beyond me.
3: The only thing that I don't burn bridges with is friends. Every other bridge possible to burn, I burn it. It's part of my oppositional defiance disorder issue, and I'm being sarcastic I consider her a friend, dude. I
2: consider her a friend that I would like to benefit from later on down the road, but... Well, I'm not even saying her.
3: What I'm saying is, like, I think it's really... Dude, I wouldn't fuck her. It's noble. I guarantee you that. But it's noble to finish a job with somebody who can replace you, um, uh, competently. It's not about
2: the company. I'll tell you that. It's about people who need jobs, who are talented enough to handle this shit. Yeah. Right. And. I've told her straight up, like, it it shouldn't be a surprise if I fucking bounce, but you can fucking handle this shit. Like, you've done stuff before. Like, you're a talented young lady, and what is being thrown before you is not fucking rocket science. So, just don't get stressed out. It'll be okay. You go out there like you're going to fucking kill it, and you absolutely will kill it. So, I'm going to move on. I've got other things that I could potentially do. There are a lot of people who are interested in me, and um, you can definitely handle this, dude. This is light work, so...
3: Yeah, and leaving, uh, you know, not, like you said, not the company, but just your, the people who rely on you to run a fucking cohesive, comfortable workplace to have somebody competent.
2: I want her to run Louisville, yeah. I'm running all over the country opening fucking bars and shit. Like, I don't have time to deal with Louisville. I don't have time to deal with fucking Louisville. Right. Exactly. It is what and, it is. I mean, I've got a meh-ish staff in Louisville. I'd like her to hire some people and like take, you know, some kind of responsibility for this. And she can do it, but she needs to fix Louisville. I need to be fixing the rest of the world. I'm in Minneapolis next month. I've got to deal with Minneapolis. Like I've never uh, well, dealt with Minneapolis before. Time. I don't know shit about Minneapolis. Like I, I don't know people. the, the first I, goddamn I thing about Minneapolis, Minneapolis. But I had some good right, well, Minneapolis. Do they like and bourbon? They,
3: they, yeah. Literally, they're like good. They're, they're they're successful and they are uh, like good bar restaurant patrons as well. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe
2: I can meet them next month, because that's where I'm going.
3: You should just tell people, you should just tell everybody up there you're a Lutheran.
2: All right, well, no.
3: (laughs) But, I mean, you know, the Midwest, I mean, Minnesota, the the Twin Cities, St. Paul, Minneapolis, like, they are, uh, I think that's a good market. I don't know what you're going up there specifically, nor do I need to know. But it's yeah, a I'm opening a bar. Work, yeah, it's a great. It's That's a, what I it's do. I market. open
2: bars all over the fucking country. My last one was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and my next yeah, one is in for, Minneapolis, Minnesota.
3: And it's for a restaurant group. Or a bar group.
2: It's It's called HMS Host. Yeah, we run bars and airports all over the country.
3: Oh, word. Okay. I've never asked you so directly as I just asked you. Um, Well,
2: that's who I'm training for right now.
3: Yeah, gotcha.
2: I'm not sure if I'm going to stick with it or not. It's been very annoying. I have an offer from Suntory to work with Maker's Mart, so... You never wow. know. Maybe I'll take that. But
3: I feel like there's some overlap between the food industry, beverage industry, and the er uh, excuse me, the food and beverage industry and uh, athletics, i.e. marketing. True. Sure. Yeah. You know, there's a big overlap there. Alright, it, is, what it is. It is. I'm the. I, I just sound a little mini bottle of bullets. I'm going to uh, drink this. I'm going to let you go with all the love in the world. And uh,
2: Yeah, no doubt.
3: And thank you for throwing this show off. I may, I may wander up. Uh, do thank you for hanging out. Oh, absolutely, man. Coach, I love you, brother. Be uh, safe. Don't get into in any
2: trouble.
3: Case, hey, Kidley Divey's out there, if you haven't, if you didn't hear the, uh, The pre-Kentucky Derby reading of uh, depravity at the Kentucky Derby by Hunter S. Thompson, read by your...
2: Yeah, the Kentucky Derby is decadent and depraved.
3: And fucking check that uh, on the archive of uh, the agency radio. Um, No doubt. That that tickled me pink, and uh, I think other people would enjoy it as well. Coach, nothing but love and respect. Be uh, safe, dude.
2: Don't get in any trouble tonight. I
3: can't bail not. you out, son. <laughs> no, no, no! Not from this distance. You cannot. But, but right. uh, the real the, real, the real RV is pointing towards uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Then perhaps heading towards uh, Texas to the swamp to pick up No Noda. Who no. knows? Let's do who it. might. He might take us on a numbers station reprogramming mission. Who knows? But that that will be where the admission starts. Absolutely. Yo, love you my brother. Peace.
2: Love you dude. See you soon.
3: Absolutely.